morning. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers and grandmothers here. With joy. With joy and with thanksgiving to our Father, with glory to his name, I, I am so honored and pleased to introduce the vessel that God is going to use to bring his word this morning to us, a wonderful day. This person is a great mother, it's a great mother of four, and a grandmother of five. I have known her as a wonderful gift, as a wife to me for 44 years. Thank you. She is the bone of my bones, the flesh of my flesh. She is my friend, the love of my life, the mother of my children, my partner, my wife, Dr. Koyo Onofiok. Please welcome Today is a great day because it's Mother's Day. Is everyone happy? I want to thank Pastor Bank and Pastor Sharon for giving me this opportunity for sharing with us today. And I also want to thank God for giving us great husbands, uncles, brothers, for, and children for honoring us today. And we want to thank Move, the Men Fellowship. <laughs> For organizing this banquet, we know the food will be delicious. We can't wait. Praise God. Today I'm going to talk about motherhood. Motherhood, what a privilege. Mother is a high calling. Motherhood is a high calling. We do not take it for granted. And when God was designing woman in Genesis chapter 2, he was creating, fashioning, equipping, and preparing her for this great job called motherhood in order to fulfill his purpose. And there are two aspects of motherhood. The first one is bringing forth. The second one is bringing up. And every woman is able to bring up a child. Let us take our text from Ephesians chapter 6. If it's not working, I have I've written it here. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. It says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I like the translation that says parents, because even though some people consider that to be a father's scripture, it's actually referring to parents. And we know that it's mothers that do most of the upbringing of the child. And mothers sometimes do provoke their children, right? So, we'll use it for today. It's parent scripture. Now, in that scripture, I'm only going to concentrate on two words. 
and that is bring up. Another word for bringing up is raise up. And the purpose of this exhortation is not really to tell us how to raise your children, but I'm just going to give us a few highlights on what we've been doing that can help us, something that we'll be able to discuss and know how to move forward as mothers. Notice that the scripture says, bring up. It didn't say, bring down. So what that means is that that little child, we are to bring them up. We are to lift them up. We are to bring them to maturity, a place where they will be able to function independently. Amen? And it might seem like a simple process, but bringing up a child, we know, is not simple at all. It is a complex process that involves nurturing, teaching, educating, modeling, correcting, guiding, discipling, protecting, and much more until that child matures. And we know that children don't come with a manual, honest manual. It would have been good. If they are being born, you know, you open their little hand and you find a little note from God saying, you know, these are the things to take care of on this one, avoid this and that. It would have been easy, right? <laughs> but we know they don't come with that. And then sometimes you raise one child and you think you have done a good job and you want to apply the same principles and method with another only to find out that you are in for a surprise because that child requires a different approach. So that's to tell us that each of the child that God has given us, each of the children, they are all different. And, but God did not leave us helpless because we can always go to him, the source, for help. Amen? He's the one that created each and every one of them. He knows what makes them thick. He knows how to, uh, what is in them, what he created them for. And each time we go to him, he will give us guidance. Amen? And that scripture that says, bring up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it, is apart from bringing the child up in the fear of God, he's telling us, to find out as parents, as mothers, to find the gifting, the callings, and the inclination of that child so that we can encourage them to go in that line. Not necessarily what we want them to do or what we would have wanted to be, but we couldn't. So we need to go back to the source to get that. Amen. And I know that bringing up a child these days is uh, very difficult, you know, compared to when I was doing mine. So I really congratulate the mothers these days because um, uh, the society has become so complex and the world system has become really complicated. And they try at all means to indoctrinate the child at a very tender age. And that's why we as Christian mothers we don't have to wait until the child matures or grows and then we try to 
tell them where to go or incorporate the Christian values. So we need to start early also because even from infant, if you go to the music, they play the books, they're all talking about worldly things. So we have to figure a way to incorporate what we want them to be or what God wants them to be in this bringing up process very early in life. Amen? So the first uh, highlight I'm going to talk about is bringing up the child in faith in the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we do this by teaching them, modeling, encouraging them to have faith and to rest on what Christ has already accomplished on Calvary. And we need to also let them know that they are that we also need to let them know who they are in Christ. That is the identity, which is a very big issue for them as they grow older. And it is important for us as mothers to also know who we are in Christ, believe it, walk in it, and so we will be able, so that we'll be able to incorporate that into our bringing up process. Amen. When the child is young, like toddler or preschool or middle, uh, primary school, it's easier, you know, to, the bringing up process is easier in that the child can still listen to you, you know, to the instructions that you give. Um, it's mostly, oh, I love you, mommy, I love you, hugs and kisses. But we have opportunity, even at that age, to introduce what we are talking about. For example, you might tell a, a child, you know, why mommy is able to love her is because Jesus has loved her first, love her. And that mommy, like if they offend you and they say, I'm sorry, mommy, you say, okay, I've already forgiven you. You know, mommy has not always been good, but Jesus Christ sometime ago died and forgive mommy, and Jesus wants me to transfer that to you. And you too should be encouraged to transfer that forgiveness to people when they wrong you or offend you. So in little ways, we can still introduce it at that age because that's when they believe mommy is good, everything mommy does is right. Amen? But as the child grows older, and is exposed to other ideas that may contradict the values and teachings they receive from home, identity crisis may develop, or the child will begin to um, have so many questions about life, about himself, about identity. And other things that might make that crisis uh, complex or complicated is a problem at school. The child maybe is not performing well at school, or maybe uh, other children are bullying him or her, or calling her names or him names, or if there is a problem in the family, and all that because the child doesn't really know how to interpret all that or know what is going on, that can bring crisis in their life, where they begin to ask who am I anyway? And we saw a little bit of this when the, during the youth service, 
from the skit that the children perform. How does the child respond to all this? The child can respond by, you know, questioning his or her identity. The child may believe some of those lies that he or she has formed or had or formed opinion about himself or herself. Or may just become angry and rebellious. And what do we do as mothers? It's time to listen. It's not time. Even when the, what they're talking about sounds stupid, we don't have to tell them it's stupid. We, it's time to listen. It's time to spend time with them. It's time to make sure that we have open channel of communication with them so that we can explain things to them. And we need to remind them again because sometimes maybe you have taught them in the past and maybe they have forgotten. So we need to remind them again who they are in Christ and use the word of God, the truth that are in the word of God to answer some of the questions that they have or to counter those uh, voices or the questions, the wrong beliefs that the child have. And I know that many of us mothers, we are alone, single mothers, and some of us work so hard, but this job of bringing up a child is very important. And I think it's more important than our paid job. So we need to pay attention to it. We need to make our time for it. I've written some of the, some of the identity questions a child may have and some answers from the word of God. Not going to, I'm not going to read all because of time, but I'll just read uh, some to us. For instance, if the child says, maybe he's confused because he's not doing well in school, and the teachers say, well, Johnny, you're just going to end up selling things in the grocery store and other things, you know, the child might start wondering, who am I? You know, am I, who am I really? So... And the answer is that child, you are a child of God. You were adopted into God's family. Ephesians 1, 5. You belong to God. You belong to God's family. And they may say, do I belong? You know, what is the cost of belonging? And you can say to the child, you belong to God and it doesn't cost you anything but it cost him his very best, his son, Jesus Christ. And 1 Corinthians 6, 20 says, For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So your body, your spirit, everything you have is God's. I'll just take one more, then... The last one says, do I succumb to peer pressure so I will not be level chicken? And the answer is no. You are not a chicken. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places and chicken do not sit in heaven. <laughs> Again, you can say that you don't want to do that thing doesn't mean that you are afraid because God did not give you the spirit of fear. He gave you the spirit of love, of sound mind, and of power. 
Sorry, the other way, power, love, and sound mind. Amen? And that is in 2 Timothy chapter 1, 7. So I have so many. Dr. Nofiok should have some of this. If you, as a mother, want this, you can give your name to Sister Revelation, and he will give it to you. It will be free to you, but it will cost Dr. Nofiok some dollars. So it says who I am in Christ. The first section says, I am accepted. The second one says, I am secured. I am significant. And it gives you some scriptures and, um, you know, what it says. So that if you need quickly to cancel a child or affirm yourself or know them yourself, you can refer to it. It's a bookmark. You can put it in your Bible or give it to your child to put in his Bible. Amen. So these like, crises I mentioned can start very early in life, like 10 years. And I want to share a story, you know, I have with a little girl. Um, they're twins, a boy and a girl. Their mother died when they were three years old. And sometimes they come to our house um, and we cook for them. And last year she came when she turned 10. And I took them uh, for shopping. So when we were in the store, the little girl said, Auntie, I'm trying to grow breasts. I said, really? How are you trying to do it, darling? I wanted to find out if she's taking something. Or, and she said, no, that I'm just waiting. You know, because my classmates, they all have, you know. They are my age mate, and they're all developing and all that. I said, okay, sweetheart. You don't need to do anything because as long as you are a girl, God that created you to be a girl, when the time comes, it just comes naturally. You don't have to do anything. And then secondly, every person has his own timing, her own timing. That your classmate, their timing might be 10 years old. Yours can be 11, 12, or 13, or even 14. But one thing you know is that it will surely come as long as God is alive. Just like it doesn't take anything for it to be morning or night because God has set those things in place. Amen? So those things, when she said, I'm trying to, it's like that is the thing that was bugging her. So these young people, they have issues that give them concern and they want somebody to listen to them. I did not tell the father that the father has remarried so that, you know, if she has anything in future, she can confide in me. But just to tell us, you know, that they really have issues. Amen. The second one uh, highlight I'm going to talk. I don't think I'll go through all of them, but I'll just talk about these two and then, you know, we'll pray. I'll conclude. Um, is to bring up in love. Affirmation is very important for the child. We need to let them know that they are loved unconditionally, whether they are doing well in school or not, whether they are properly behaved or not. That is sure, a sure thing that we need to do. Just like God loved us. He loved us. The Bible says he loved us when we were still sinners. That's when God loved us. So we need to love our children like that. And that love has to be at their own term, according to their own love language. Now, if the child says, I want, mommy, I want you to spend time with me or go do this with me, 
it's not proper for us to say, okay, I don't have time, Johnny, you know, I'll give you 500 to go and buy that uh, tennis shoes. Okay, the child might like the tennis shoes, it's okay, it's thing. But what the child really wants is that attention, is time with mommy. So to the child, what will translate to love, it might be that spending time with the child, not necessarily the shoe. But you, as an adult, you might think, oh, that will tell him that I love him. So we have to understand the child's uh, love language. What is it that will really show you that I love you? It's not that we can do any, everything they want. After all, God doesn't give us everything we, we, we want. Amen? But just to have an idea. I've heard grown-up men that says, oh, nobody ever came to my game when I was playing. So if, that's what, if that is what will make the child feel love, then make time. Take time, have work. You know, go and visit the child, uh, see the child play game. And that will mean a lot. Amen? And God does not have favorite, so we shouldn't have favorite. Acts chapter 10, uh, 34, and Romans 2, 11. It says, God doesn't have favorite, neither is he a respecter of persons. So the same way, our love, we shouldn't love some children more than others, because they all came from us. Amen? And we do feel, if we do feel that we are empty, you know, we've given up so much, uh, we are tired, we don't have anything to give again, we can always go back to God because the Bible says God is love. And that's the sure well that we are sure we can get refilled from. Um, God doesn't like when we give excuse. Oh, the reason I don't have anything to give much is because I grew up in a family where there was no love, or my mother didn't love me, my father ran off and left me with my mother, and so I don't really have that love in me. That's not true. You have it. It might be empty because you've given out so much, so your love tank might be empty. And so what we need to do is to go to God in humility. Lord God, I am empty. I don't have anything to give. And so will you fill me, Lord? And he will fill you. Amen? I had an encounter, uh, some experience about two, three weeks ago, some in April. I was feeling down, and um, I was at work, and then I went out for a walk. So as I was going, the scripture just came to me, uh, not a scripture, the Holy Spirit just said, my people have dug well for themselves that do not hold water. So I said, Lord... How is that? My, you are my only trust. My only trust is in you. Because when God gives you a word, it's not for another person. It's for you first. So I said, Lord, how is that? And then he broke it down to, in a way that I understood. And he says, why do you keep on going to empty well to fetch water? And I say, is that what it is? You know, just imagine yourself. If you've never seen a well, maybe consider a tap. You have a tap in the house, water tap, and then water is not flowing. And every day you go there, turn on the tap, and you go with a container, hoping to get water. And then you don't get water. You go back. The following day, you go back, do the same thing, and turn it. When I heard that, and he gave me that uh, insight, I said, oh, my God, that's horrible. Okay. I said, that's horrible. Um, and so then I just 
repented, I told him, Lord, I will only come to you. You are my sure well. That's the well that I'm sure I can get water at all times. So we can always go to him. And remember what he said to the woman at the well. If you knew the gift of God, you would have, and who it is that asked you of water, you would have asked him, and he would have given you a living water that flows from within. Amen? So, God can fill us if we go in brokenness, whatever it is, if we need more love to love the children, if we need more grace, if we have difficult children and it's challenging, we can go to him, he will fill us, he can fill us up with grace, he can give us strength, he can give us enablement. Amen. And I think I'm going to round up there. Um, motherhood may seem endless. It's like endless work that doesn't end. But for this purpose, we were created. The children may never say thank you. But that is not why we do what we do. We do it unto God who call us to be mothers. So in closing, I would like to read what someone forwarded to me. It was written by someone who remembers his or her mother when he journeyed first into this world. He reads, My first restaurant was my mother's breast. My first party was my mother's lap. My first school was my mother's kitchen. My first teacher was my mother. My first thermometer was my mother's fingers. My, my first friend was my mother. We giggle, we laugh all the time. My first vehicle was my mother because she carried me everywhere she went. My first lawyer was my mother, always at my defense. And ladies, men, with this, I'd like to say happy Mother's Day to the women in the house, and God bless. Thank you. We'll go into prayers, please. We're going to pray today is a special day, Mother's Day. So everybody stand up, we're going to pray. I know the men are in a hurry, but we need to take care of this first for women. I want us with this special day, Mother's Day anointing to lift up women who are still wanting and hoping to be mothers and pray for them, for special grace upon them. We read that when God created them, God knew, created them as women, and knew they would be mothers. For some reason, there is obstruction or something somewhere. I want us to lift them up, whether they are your children, whether they are your sister, friends in the church, whoever, anybody you know. Pray that God will remember them this day. In the Bible, God opened the womb of Sarah, God opened the womb of Anna and Rachel and let us ask that God would open their womb in the name of Jesus. And those that should just raise children, pray that God will bring the right children to them so they can raise them in the name of Jesus. Let us pray. 
Our Father and our God, we want to thank you and bless you, Father, for this is a day that you have made, a day for women to rejoice, O oh, Father, a day that we remember uh, motherhood and womanhood. Our Father and our God, we thank you for when you created all women, you created them, O oh, Father, to be able to bear, to be able to give birth to children. Our Father, we thank you, and we remember this day, Almighty God, those that are still waiting, O oh, Father Lord, and we pray your special anointing upon them. We pray that their wombs will be open, that they will be able to conceive in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray that special blessing upon them this day in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, dear Lord. We'll bless you. We'll honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.